0: Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in, in My mind. mind. We have, uh, between Jason and I, we have become uh, a bit of uh, uh, Twitter holics. And one of the things we've really enjoyed doing is connecting with gaming companies both large and small yeah um you know we've and what i mean by that is following wizards of the coast following paizo um you know all the different all the following edge studio
1: well like when when modifius responded to us with the meme on twitter had our souls not already been dead that would have just lit them up
0: oh yeah exactly yes So, um, you know, we're, we're like, we're like kids in a candy store when it comes to Twitter, um, we have learned over time that, um, you know, we fill an, we fill an area that, that doesn't necessarily match others. And I've posted this multiple times. Don't drop something to listen to us, just add us to the mix. And one of the things that why I said that is both Jason and I search and follow, and we have come across. Um, smaller gaming companies that have built phenomenal gaming systems you have small companies like um you know burning wheel for example is one um i've got you know a couple of the homebrew systems that were devised Mm -hmm. by the original um you know the original 3.5 systems
1: well you're Um, i mean you're a big fan of Green Ronin were big fans of both of us of of Evil Hat. Those aren't little anymore, but there was a time.
0: No, but I think people. I think sometimes people forget that um, outside of you know, I consider Edge now just because of Star Wars and Genesis. Um, Edge is up there. Wizards is obviously up there, and Paizo's up there, and there's a lot of good studios, like you said, Green Ronin, Evil Hat with the Fate system, um, Modiphius with Star, uh, Star Trek, and and actually, as we record this, I'm waiting for an arrival of a Motifius package. I don't even know if Jason knows about this. With um, uh, Black Friday special, like the Mutant Chronicles series of um, you just Brooklyn can't books. help yourself. Kate. I can't. I can't. can't. And then there's one. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna name it. It's it's um, Luminol or something like that. It's like um, England, like. Uh, medieval England or modern England with magic and everything, it seemed like an interesting read, if not a game. Um nice. but a point being is Modifius is out there. Um and then there's all these people who build homebrew systems. Um either for free out mm-hmm. on drive Through RPG
1: mm-hmm.
0: or um something where they sell it through drive through RPG. I know that their drive Through RPG and all that will let you print um or buy the PDF. Yep. Um, depending upon the publisher. I actually have um, a book coming from Drive-Thru RPG. I had it printed of um, solo play for um, one of the games I'm working on, or I'm playing solo, um, just for the heck of it. So what I thought would be a good topic is, so we have these major dice systems out there. We yeah. have the D20. Modiphius has the two D20. Um, you know, obviously the narrative system that edge studio uses for Genesis and for FFG. And then there's all these other derivatives like, like mm-hmm. fate system is unique, Yep. you know, and if you don't want to use dice for fate, you can use cards. I don't know if they're publishing right. the cards anymore. I noticed I picked up an extra deck, um, but you know, you have, you know, the old D6 systems, um, I know that firefly And obviously these other companies I'm just staring or true 20 from green Ronin, um, all these different systems and homebrews, you know, how do you, how do you decide, um, what sort of dice system? Are you piggybacking on one that already exists? Are Mm -hmm. you completely like, like, like something like burning wheel, which is really ironically attracted more attention lately. And it's, and it's a 10 year old system. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just me, but I noticed it at a game store. I'd never seen it before. And the book, Jason, and I've talked about it. The book is one that you would notice if it were on a, yeah, on it's
1: a, a gorgeous printing.
0: Yeah. Right. So uh, how are these people utilizing? Cause we obviously haven't been talking about homebrew other than, you know, our star Trek to Genesis project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you using dice systems that already exist? Yeah. how or are you adapting are you, them yeah how are you so how are you adapting them and why this was fascinating was um we did that little uh air quote experiment a while yep. back where we yep. were dice rolling for our that decision fun. making is there a way for us to actually take a situation and dice roll it and see if we get enough variance that makes one system better than the other for our own purposes i think that's i think that's difficult to do and jason being a researcher um would know obviously if there's a way to create a hypothesis and act on it better than anyone i know um but ignoring that homebrew and jace you've been watching this as much as i have on twitter we you know it's been a tsunami of homebrew material yeah um and I don't know what your thoughts have been on this. It's just fascinating to me how people are choosing, you know, d6 or a three d6 system yeah. or a yeah. d20 or a two d20. You know, what makes them? Is it their, is it their background and history? Mm-hmm. Is it their experience in playing a game? You know, um, Burning Wheel got its it really cut its bones with Mouse Guard when people started playing Mouse Guard.
1: Right. Well, like, like 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 Doctor Tim Woods told us. Right, we're like, what tell us more? Yeah, yes, yeah. I but I don't know. I um so there are two elements that come to mind for me here, especially based on what we are reading from others, like you said on Twitter and elsewhere, and we're gonna focus on one of those tonight, but I, I do want to call out both. So to to kind of re reanimate the question you just posed of of why you know, listeners, why do you Why do you mash up different games, different systems? uh, When you do, why do you adapt mechanics when you do? But I think there are two related questions. One, do you find this or that dice mechanic really fun, useful, super crunchy, whatever? Two, do you find the setting compelling right like like and i don't want to stay here to this episode but to, to mention briefly so like the the star trek work brad and i are trying to play with we find star trek canon exceedingly compelling but we find the genesis narrative dice mechanic equally compelling and so for us we want to mash them together. That that's a big one. I've mentioned in the past how when I GM when I GM Star Wars, right? Edge of the Empire, that I I use the narrative dice system, of course, but then I also incorporate a single D6, a single D six into it. So we're gonna focus on the the dice mechanic issue, but we did we, we want to not lose track of of, of the fact, just the reality, that there are both. There are both elements.
0: And you have publishing companies. I You probably, I apologize, folks, um, if uh, you were hearing me kind of type. Because one of the things that caught my attention is, is you go over to Modiphius' website. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you can look at, um, they have Liminal. That's the one that I picked up. Um, they have Dune that just came out. I think someone I saw oh, yeah. just picked up Dune. They have Alien. They have, obviously, Star Trek. They have Fallout, which is obviously a video game that was very popular starting in the 90s. Um, they have Judge Dredd. Um, then funny. you go over to Green Ronin, and Green Ronin, I've noticed, and in, in maybe someday we'll get to talk about this with yeah. them, um, I've noticed that even with True 20, there's been some some movement on true 20 they have modern age fantasy age which we've talked about mutants and masterminds uh dragon age um the true 20 system which came out of at around the same time that Mm -hmm. pathfinder one came out um you know the blue rose rpg which i really don't know a lot about yet but each of these companies is utilizing similar Right. If they're if they are building their own system, they are they are kind of latching onto a mechanic, and I don't mean that in a negative way. No, no, um, quite the opposite. You know, they they've in effect developed what they believe to be a really good mechanic for themselves. Yep. And then worked with it. Same thing with with wizards. Same thing with yep. with Pizo. Mm-hmm. So same thing with West End. Yep. Back in the D6 days, um, they obviously moved. Um, you know, and I'm going to, and I know the game. I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the name of it, Call of Cthulhu, right? Yep. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Thank you. I, I know the game because I actually picked it up cheap, but Jason hasn't seen this yet, but the dice uh, for these. Brad's
1: things. doing the dice. Okay, lift him up. Let's yeah. See them. So,
0: so this is, this is, uh, why is it not? Oh, it's... Hold on, let me turn off. Brad turn is
1: having there. a technical difficulty, but no, like because to I'm, i because I... No, because I'm using a faded you, background. I know, and it's not, I know.
0: But I'll show you later. Um, you know, the, the dice for these are just... And they're just plastic. There's nothing yeah. unique mm-hmm. about them. They're just absolutely gorgeous. Um, but they have their own system. Right. You know, but they have, you know, they have D20, D4s, and all that. Yeah. If and maybe this is a rhetorical question or this is a, a question that we can't answer because we don't have some of you homebrewers out with us yet, which we would love to do by the yep. way. Yep. If you know, you and I are looking at dice systems, you know, obviously you've lived a lot in the D six world in the, in the edge studio world. I lived more in the D 20
1: mm-hmm.
0: world. Um, and have started to get into the 2d 20 stuff with Modiphius and so on. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this idea and it's become more and more apparent. The more we dig into uh, the Twitterverse. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and um, you know, how, how, how do you choose? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going yeah. back to this. I'm, I'm just, I'm, leaning back and I'm fascinated by this idea of all these different dice systems and as a homebrew you know people choose them based off of comfort but what do you how do you choose what direction do you go
1: well you know so it's so you mentioned D6 and so I for the longest time I didn't know anything else in RPGs other than D six West End system Star Wars. I didn't even realize that when our friend Scott got me into this back in the day that that was actually a really new system. It had only been around for literally a few years. Um, I don't, I don't think I, I don't even remember how to play it other than just the most general mechanics. However, I remember like where I grew up, my hometown. It was a smaller, it was a small city. I, I. I didn't know anything about D20, Brad. I mean, I saw them at our one shop, but they weren't accessible and I wasn't going to spend any money. And so I could go anywhere and I could pick up a pack of D6s, right? For cheap. Yeah. And and now it's different. I mean, now you can go into any, any friendly local game store and you can pick up for like 10 bucks or less an intro set of D20s, etc or of gorgeous D sixes or whatever, um, less. So edge studios, narrative dice, courtesy of fantasy flight. However, those have proven sufficiently compelling that people are willing to pay for it. People like me willing to fork over enough money for two sets so that one has an adequate number of greens and purples. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for some people, I think some of the time it's a matter of not merely familiarity, but access.
0: Oh, that's a good point. I mean, you know, when we... Um, I, I actually got my wife to go to a game store. And Jason didn't believe me. No, it was, um, it
1: was brilliant. She sent me pictures.
0: Yep, it was, pictures were taken. A cry for help as well. Yep, yep. pictures were taken um, to prove it. Um, great. And one of the things she asked about, because there's a whole table full of dice for purchase. And some of them were quite expensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so she wondered about that, and it's because dice are like identifiers, and the D six system, even with like like the um, the Age series, you know, it's a three D six system. So three D six plus your ability score plus your focus bonus versus your target number. It's it's a it's a unique system again, and mm-hmm. they've modified it from Dragon Age to Fantasy Age now okay. to Modern Age. how hard is it to get a set of seven dice? You can go out and pay seven or eight bucks on Amazon and get a bag of them.
1: Right. Right.
0: When FFG looked like that looked like the games were up.
1: Remember, I tried to get them and I was looking all over town to find just a single package.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's going to, I think it's going to be difficult. I know there have been people that have written conversion tables for, Uh, using six-sided die and so on with 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 uh, the ffG slash edge studio system.
1: but you know you also don't want to do anything that's that's cumbersome, right like 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 uh in the in the Star Wars, the ffG Star Wars and now edge studio Star Wars books, especially the core rule books, they're really upfront about the conversion of, of you don't you don't even need to buy our dice here's how to do it and that's really neat however that's a real hassle too now yes you can you can download the app on your phone right I forked over whatever it was at the time the five dollars for I gotta look here five dollars for the Star Wars dice app and then on um on and around uh, free RPG Day this this past year in 2021, uh, they were offering, Edge Studio was offering their apps free. And so I picked up, just opening it here, it's good looking, I picked up the Genesis app uh, for free, yes. right? Just because I wanted to, and I haven't worked on this yet, I wanted to learn, right, the symbols, because I, I know the symbols well for Star Wars, but I, I don't know the symbols yet well enough for the Genesis general system, right? And so there are ways to get into it inexpensively, but I think when we start to talk about having to convert or whatnot, then
0: you're doing it for kind of the love of that process, and it's not about the game. Well, that's what, uh, as you were bringing that, bringing that up, I'm looking over where I have dice sets, and I have a couple Genesis. When I thought they were going under, I went to a game store and they were having them cheap, so I think they're normally, what, 12 13 bucks for a set, Um, I think I bought two sets for four bucks a piece. Um, just to keep, just to keep handy, but, Uh, but the challenge is, yeah. uh, Yeah. um, Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Just to keep, just to just, but if you think about it, why would you homebrew? I, and I hate to say this, but it's difficult to homebrew something like that, where if you lose a die and you start converting, it's more difficult. I think it's more difficult to do it than to just run a D20 system or an adventure gaming engine, the age system, um, any one of them, you know, two D20. Um, you know, most people have dice around, right? Yeah. Right. If you have have Yahtzee, you've got five, six sided die in the house. Right. So, um, I just think, I, I think the, for one, it's the ease of acquisition, which I think is what you are getting at, yeah. which is very important. How quickly, if I can homebrew a system and I already have the dice in my house, why is why, you know, why not? Um, if you're using more proprietary type of dice systems, I think it makes it more difficult. Yep. Um, yep. You look at Osric and you look at Basic Fantasy and some of these other games that that are in effect rebrewed um, original D anD. D Red box, blue box, right? Or re-engineered um, first and second edition D and huh. A A D and D, I should say. Yeah. Right. Um, easy to do. You already know the mechanic. Mm
1: hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's an interesting point. Just a, just a side branch here for a moment. Curious what you think about this or what you know about this, Brad. So we're kind of functioning on an assumption that that when, when gamers adapt a mechanic for their homebrew, that they are just taking that mechanic over, right? They're just bringing it over. They already know how it works, Mm -hmm. right? Like like my my notion of a D6 golden die, right? I did that as an homage to the West End games, the Steve Jackson wild die, right? And so nice and simple, very simple. Okay, but are there ever times when someone might Adapt a dice mechanic into their own game, their homebrew, their their you know their their just their table with their friends, and change the mechanic. Like I like X, Y, or Z. Like we're we're making an assumption, which I think is fair for the most part. Of well, I like this mechanic, so I'm bringing it over. However, are are there times when someone might adapt a mechanic and actually? Not just merely bring over the mechanic, but change the mechanic.
0: What do you think? Well, I think we might end up doing that with Star Trek. Mm. I think there's there's a there's an opportunity there once we really get into it that we may make some modifications. Right. I think um, you know, you bring you bring it up and I could see us having this conversation. Okay. So we really love the narrative dice mechanic that yep. Edge has originally FFG. Yep. But we don't want to necessarily rely upon those six-sided symbols, right? Sure. So, and we don't necessarily want to have some conversion. Yep, cable. definitely not. So do we take this thought process behind the narrative system and apply it with five D20s and have hmm. um, advantage and have pips based off of, I'm just making this up.
1: What well, kind um, of reminds me of Burning yeah.
0: Wheel? Yeah. Um, D8, but yeah. You know, yeah right, you know, and, right. And in effect, transition, use the idea behind it, mm-hmm. but build a mechanic mm-hmm. that in effect is more comfortable and... Let's be honest, you and I like the idea you and I both like the idea of a challenge, which is why we're going for this Genesis Star Trek. There is a Star Trek game out there. Right. A really Genesis, good one. Yeah, yeah, Genesis. Genesis, you can very easily use some of the tools they have out there and create your own space series. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Why are we doing Star Trek on Genesis? Because we can. Yep. Because we both like the narrative system and it's a challenge.
1: Yeah
0: we're not necessarily we're not going to be because obviously we don't have paramount's trademark approval we're not expecting this to help us into retirement we're doing it because we want to yep so yeah i could see you know look at the d6 system you could really change that up
1: Mm -hmm. because we've in in some non-dice ways that are still mechanical we're already we're already doing that. We have, we've already adapted the character sheet mm-hmm. to, to optimize. Let's say you've adapted. You've ab- well, adapted. I want to and, credit uh, where
0: credit's due.
1: We've adapted. We write the, the character sheet to, for to, to optimize playing in the Star Trek galaxy we've begun talking about vehicles, sp- primarily right starships, of course, but we've begun talking about vehicles. And I think, uh, uh, as, as a side note listeners, so Brad's been hard pressing me, you know, we're going to go Brad's been, and this will not shock any of our regular listeners, neither of you, but Brad has been hard pressing me to purchase the Genesis expanded players guide. And, and I went back to one of the reviews I'd, I'd seen previously of it and read it with more care and when I got to the review of the vehicle creation uh, uh, just some summaries with the write-up I think I texted you this morning and I'm like yeah so now I have to get the book yep um now I have but to on the get-
0: flip side but on the flip side you had just this is a this is normally DM corner stuff but you had just picked up a book on starships is a well, series you know? so
1: full disclosure because neither of our wives have do or ever will listen to this podcast um i've bought a lot of books the past couple months even compared yeah brad's raising his hand even compared to my norm between books i'm reading mr crunchy I'm calling him out. Between you, yeah. Brad just can't resist you. You want to play with the Cthulhu dice, don't you?
0: What's that? I'm see. I was just gonna pick it up and, and show you an example. Sorry. Oh, okay. Of of one of the die. Oh, those so are it's... gorgeous dice. Yeah. See, okay. I, now pu- okay. Now I'm gonna put. Now I'm gonna put it okay. away.
1: Now push them aside. And as just yep. oh, as a as another aside, I gotta say one of the things that's really giving me a problem in the Twitterverse, right? Um, copyright MCU. Um, mm. One of the things that's giving me a problem in the Twitterverse is there are so many dice creators this kind of blows my mind and i don't like having like I, I i don't need lots of dice to put it mildly but there are some gorgeous i mean downright gorgeous dice and lately i've been feeling a little weakened in resolve to not buy those. okay back on buying books past couple months i have i have purchased more books than even my norm. And, and Brad, Brad and I are the same, we buy and read a lot. And I had even promised my wife after I got the car in this past June, that I would even back off of that. And that lasted a while, but I have not been very good about that. So like you said, between the books and the gaming books and the Star Trek book, though, that was a great deal. Um, and it is a gorgeous yeah, book. Did. Um, I didn't even send you the 32nd century pictures. Um,
0: but, but well, you're man, going oh, to you're going to have to yeah, I know, give me I know. a taste of
1: that. Wait until you see the USS Armstrong, Wowie Wow. Anyways, I digress. Um, I I do now want to get that expanded guide because going back to the mechanics, then. So let's is it all? It, it's all right if we go a little wider than dice tonight, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's I all mechanics, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So we've got a character sheet which I think has some real potential. Now we need to create a vehicle sheet. That's mechanics, and you and I haven't talked at all about that. Though once I get once I get the expanded the expanded guide, then uh, uh, I will just start to go into that. But for example, then I think part of adapting mechanics is also cutting things, eliminating them. Oh, yeah. uh, I, for example, I am not a fan as much as I love Edge of the Empire, and I really do, but. I am not a fan of any of the original Fantasy Flight games um, uh, character motivation elements. So like in Edge of the Empire, you have obligation. Yes. Right. In um, in uh, I don't remember what I I don't remember the names, uh, the the terms of the two sister games, but you have something like that and they are intended to compel behavior, um, if you will, a very loose analog for alignment in D&D and Pathfinder, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Essentially. I'm not a fan of that. I just, I just widely ignore that. Like when I GM for you and Brian or for my nephews, I just completely ignore, like when my nephews asked me, so, so uncle Jason, what, are, what do we have to choose an obligation? I'm like, yeah, no, we're, we're ignoring that. Yeah. We're ignoring that things like that. Um, uh, f- uh, what do you call them? The, um, not the force points, but the uh, sorry, the I see this tells you how destiny, much I ignore.
0: right, thank Not you. The
1: destiny. destiny points, yeah, I just ignore is. those because I'm kind of a purist, I like a mechanic that's a little cleaner. Um, and, and so again, we just turn this over to all of you guys listening. How, how do you do this? What, how, when you adapt, if when you adapt mechanics do you, for, your, for your table. Do you focus on the dice? Do you, uh-oh, he already no. bought something new? No no, 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 no,
0: no, no. I'm just thinking of the idea of, you bring up a great point about removal. And, yeah. um, you know, do, how many modifiers do you look at after you roll the dice? Or do you roll, do you act as a game <sighs> master purely on a dice roll?
1: So you and I had this issue, we, we talked about, <laughs> you know, laughing. Yeah. you and I had this issue when we started playing uh, D&D, you got me into it, uh, more on D&D in a few minutes in the GM corner, uh, you, we had this issue and then, and then we were playing once with Scott. Who's a master GM, and I, I'm not. We will eventually.
0: You oh, have our word. Oh, we need to have word. Scott on here. Yep. Uh, yeah. Scott,
1: if you're listening, and we, we're pretty sure you have better judgment than you're not, but you have our word. In this new year of 2022, we we will have you on for um, for an interview. But I remember Scott saying to us, he's like, "What about your mods?" <laughs> and we're like, "What about them?" And he <laughs> you're he was like, "Well," and I'm paraphrasing here, but Scott was like, "Well." Aren't you? And it's Scott. So he was trying to be really gentle. Scott. Scott has a and, and and he's been like this since we were teens together. Scott has a very gentle, specific way of saying you're an idiot, but in the form of a gentle question. Yes. And so his gentle question was, "Ha, huh, are you gonna add your mods?"
0: And you know, Brad and I were like. Well, and, I think that, yeah. but that's what differentiates us. We're not. We're we're more than willing to admit we're idiots on this show. We're not hyper experts oh, in at these home. games. So, yet, you know, occasionally
1: it worked, but yes, yeah, go on. yeah, yeah. And so, but but that's. But it goes back to what you're saying, right? So we, and it is funny in retrospect because we discovered, oh, this is why I kept getting my PC's butt kicked <laughs> the first time Brad GM like I couldn't do anything i lost most of my hp in the first in the first session and then scott comes on and we're like oh oh but again it goes to your point Brad of how many mods are too many mods right like um i've been listening you guys know you guys know i'm a i'm a big fan of the glass cannon network and and especially their original glass cannon podcast it's it's like sitting down at the table with Brad and our other friends, except we don't know these guys. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. It's beautifully GM'd. I've always loved, um, I've always loved radio acting, and I think mm-hmm. they really do that in the best sense of the words, going back to like the '30s and '40s, what they do, and 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 right now as they're finishing finishing the sixth uh, book of the Giant Slayer AP, right? They're like. Uh, well, they're into the 300s episodes just for this one podcast. And I listen and, and you know, this, they'll roll. Usually it's Joe O'Brien. He'll roll like a five. But then after his mods, it's a 24. Because <laughs> they're all, I believe they're all 16th level. Yeah. So they're all playing as demigods essentially. But but that's what you're saying, Brad. It's like, okay, so how many mods are too many mods for you guys? Or maybe maybe you like the Warhammer style of it is not enough, give me more. Right? And you just layer it on onto each their own. It's what you, it's what got you, Brad, into Pathfinder because you texted me for four months about how much you love the crunchiness.
0: Yeah, and, and I, and, you know, you and I work with data all the time in different ways. Um, I like data, I still would like to go back and play. Unfortunately, now they've got a second edition out already. They beat me to it. They beat me to, I didn't finish playing first edition. Um, the idea of crunchiness appealed to me. Then I realized, okay, there's a learning curve with it. Pathfinder doesn't have a super steep one, but it's, it's, it's a learning curve. And I wanted to game quicker and I wasn't, I didn't have the time or the mental energy to learn that. Um, yeah. Which and, is why we
1: went to Pokemon.
0: Yeah, totally kidding. Yeah, yep. no. Um, or Yu-Gi-Oh. D and D gave us a good middling run. There was there was there's crunchiness with it.
1: Yeah, that's what we like but about it. it is it, yeah.
0: also um, much you know very different than like first and second edition where you rolled a dice to take a step. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, there's, there's ability to be, re, there's ability to be creative. I just, it, let's be honest, d d allowed us in an easier way based off of who we were to be creative. Yeah, um, perfectly said. And it just, it fit us at the time. It still fits us. Um, more on that in a moment. Yes. But yes. Um, I was thinking about this as you were talking. You could, in theory, I know some games do this, but instead of modifiers... Um, I think I think the narrative system is probably the best way to do this when we started playing is based off of your levels mm-hmm. of skill um, you change the dice you don't add points on per se yeah, but you change the dice pool
1: mm-hmm.
0: to allow for your higher level abilities to play out versus right. just adding points and modifiers nothing wrong with that just different and i think in all honesty i think i would love to see you know if we're talking about homebrew we're gonna convert and do some star trek genesis but it would be cool someday to look at a narrative system i think burning wheel does this to the point where i mean it's just intense um in a good way can we build a narrative system Using non-proprietary dice and limit the modifiers. Yeah, and just allow to say, okay, based off of ability, you add X die, you add D fours, you add whatever. Yeah,
1: and that's as we wrap up here and get ready to wander over to the GM corner. That Brad brings me full circle to the start of this episode when you you made a comment or an observation in terms of of Again, how well would various dice mechanics reflect real life? And this is going to have to be. This is going to have to be an episode at some point. Uh, as we're as we're looking at the spring uh, up on the horizon here, uh, what what we're talking about, what you're talking about, to my mind, is how much how much at the table do we want to play probabilistically with random dice rolls versus how much do we want to ensure is also stochastic in other words you have modifiers which limit the extremities of those likelihoods that's that's we'll get there that's a lot that's been a long time in coming for us to talk about
0: yeah, that's um, uh, the micro microscope theorem. Exactly. You know, yeah, right. You, you know, knowing microscope where it was, it was, it's purely story driven. Yep. Versus some of the early editions of gaming systems, where yeah. story was driven purely by dice roll.
1: So speaking of Dice Roll, let's wander over to the GM corner as we wrap up here, because we have very exciting news. We actually want to just mention quickly, not what we've been doing, but what we are about to do.
0: So, you know, you and I, we have mentioned before that we have spent so much time recording. And it's because we have, we get so much joy out of it that um, we haven't been doing what we've been recording about. And that is gaming itself. Yep. And um, a shout out to, again, to Shelly Mazzanoble for her joining yeah. us. Yep. One, two, for lighting that gaming fire again for us. Ever since that episode and yeah. the episode with Jeff and the episode with, with, tim woods
1: oh yeah um, and i mean going back to rob and and even brian's story of how he got into it but yeah we do miss you shelly you really kind of lit a fire for us again
0: yeah and and so we've wanted to play and why because she was talking about dming and her apprehension about dming and you know have i had some apprehension about it yes but all we've talked about was well it's just the two of us yeah um it's a duet yep So D and D duet, so, subtle hint. Yep. Um, it's coming. Yep. We can do this, and we can learn as we go, like the modifier. So right. tonight, as we wrap up, um, uh, Lothal.
1: Yes, my PC in D and D five e
0: is coming out of the notebook, coming out of the folder. Yep. yep. And um, we are going to um, do some gaming. To brush off the cobwebs, yes. So, and we Very talked exciting. about it, and we looked at a couple different options. You know, we've been—we were were we going to work on Star Trek? Were we going to play Edge of the Empire? Mm-hmm. Um, it came down to both of us have just wanted to do some D and D as part of, and we were thinking about like maybe a, a just a one off crawl. Yep. I want I want us to play. I could we call it homeland, which is my, yeah,
1: well, your world, your the yeah, world, my world. We're Cause... gonna,
0: we're gonna, we're gonna do some homeland just because there has been so much in these 30 some episodes. Yeah, amazing. That, um, I have tooled after we talked with Shelly, after we talked with Jeff, after we talked with Tim, especially after we talked to Rob and oh him, or you talked to Rob with his world. Um, I have been tweaking a little bit here and there i don't know if we're going to get to it tonight oh uh, that can only hurt me yeah no no it's actually i actually have tweaked to make it more interesting for the player character hmm. um and less of a worry about whether they're going to get their caboose handed to them in one dice roll um, well
1: because because when we when we left off Lothal was in a. I, I've been thinking about this moment for months, of where we left off, where he was just defending, defending the 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 heck out of himself, uh, with his two friends, these NPCs, and I think that's the first time I've ever dropped a Marvel's line, right? <laughs> Role playing, remember? More of these NPCs come attacking, yeah. in, in essentially this Colosseum, and Lothal's response was. I could do this all day. And then we stopped. Yeah. And so I have been fascinated with, okay, what's going to happen next. And hopefully also in a way that like we had talked about is a little less crunchy for you. Cause you had realized after we stopped, finished that session, that the way you had set it up was getting really cumbersome for you as the GM.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you a little hint. Um, going into the game tonight, um, there's going to be some folks that are going to drop you like third period French. So, um, whether, what, how you interpret that is, is you'll, you interpret that in your head and you'll see how it plays out. But before we go, so that's what we're going to do. Yes. Um, has there been anything on your desk? We just talked about the Star Trek book that you picked up. That may be it. But anything else that's been on your desk from a role playing or gaming or just reading perspective, that's um, that's been on your mind. Uh,
1: I, I mentioned a while ago that I've been reading a lot of Becky Chambers. Uh, that I I read when I was away um, when I was away last month on the field study I finished her third book, and man are they good and I've been chomping at the bit. Well, I just read. Um, the last I just read the last novel in the Thrawn prequels and that was very good and now I'm reading uh, some, some non-fiction as is my want uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and I've got uh, uh, I've got Ms. Chambers fourth and final novel of the Wayfarer series on the bookshelf upstairs in the living room awaiting me Uh, I'm really eager to read that. I I'm probably gonna. My my thinking is uh, I've got uh, probably got uh, less than a week, about a week more of reading what I'm reading right now, and then I really want to jump into that because they're just so very very creative. I would love to get her on the podcast someday and just just. Ask her to talk about how she comes up with this stuff because it's just brilliant. So that's it for me. How about
0: you? No, I was just going to say, one, that, that tells you for, for both of our listeners, the, well, most of our, both our listeners know us, but that's right. an example for all of you that happen to have gotten this far into an episode, um, the discipline between Jason and I. He can put down a series of books that have fascinated him to go to something else that's fascinated him and not necessarily get caught up in, um, you know, book overwhelmed disorder for me. Um, it's really been working through some of the D and D stuff. Um, obviously based off of us being on Twitter, Mm -hmm. um, researching and evaluating other systems just because they fascinate me. And then, um, the gaming system that I never thought I'd play, um, call of Cthulhu. Um, playing through they actually have solo adventure books so I have been reading through that
1: oh. with
0: the idea that um, as I as I heal from the surgery mm-hmm. um, I'll have something to do while the rest of you are working and actually doing something productive
1: well so, now you're just talking crazy but that's yeah
0: funny. I know I know but so this was, this was just one of these things where I've never played horror I really have never had no. an interest in playing horror and um, something called me to it. Um, I don't see us ever playing this as a group anytime soon, just cause we have too much else on our plate. Yep. But for me, it's fascinating one because of the mechanic of the system and two, um, I put myself in a, in an uncomfortable position trying mm-hmm. something different. So it's more of an exercise that way.
1: everything we read and or play makes us better GMs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: All right, everybody with that thanks for listening as always uh just a heads up episode 35 is on the horizon it'll be here before we know it brad and i have a real treat in store for you we have uh, we have a heck of an interview coming up but there's more and there's going to be a lot more and that's what we're going to say about it for now But starting with episode 35, this is going to be the biggest booyah we have had on this podcast. Do you see what I did there?
0: Yeah, I I was waiting for you to do the pew-pew, but booyah is right up there. Well done.
1: Booyah, thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Be well. Stay well. We will see you next week.